0: It's Thursday, March 13th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, joining me in studio today from Fool.com, David Hansen, and from Motley Fool Funds, Tim Hansen. A lot of
1: excitement in this very cold room. Yes. It's freezing. It's- I guess it's appropriate <laughs> given the weather outside.
0: Yeah, yeah. Once again, we, we have the 50 degree swing in weather, but a lot of excitement in the room because just prior to taping, talking about the NCAA tournament, you got the mighty seawolves of. Stony Brook University. Stony Brook University in their conference championship on Saturday.
1: Hosting. Hosting the championship. This is the year they they get to the tournament. I believe this year. They've been upset or they've they've lost in the title. I think every year the last three or four.
0: And and this is your hometown in New York. Yep. And your dad is a professor there. Correct. So you you got a lot riding on this.
1: They're they're amped. (laughs) And I'm hoping, you know, we're in Virginia and there aren't many tournament sites this year nearby us. Um the only one would be Raleigh. So if the Sea do make it, I believe they're gonna get they would get placed in the play in game in Dayton. Mm-hmm. Um You've got family in Ohio. Uh, true. <laughs> My in laws are in Ohio. Uh I don't think we'd be going to Dayton for the play in game, but if they were to somehow advance then and get placed in Raleigh, I might try to go.
0: I think we've got a road trip coming up. <laughs> All right, we're gonna talk uh we got a couple companies with earnings. That was a
1: delusional number of ifs by
0: the way that was- <laughs> You never know. You never know. Um, uh, Amazon uh, is in the news. We will talk about that. We will dip into the full mailbag because we got an amazing email. Uh, But let's start with uh, William Sonoma and their earnings. It seemed like a good quarter, Tim. Fourth quarter profits up slightly year over year. They increased their dividend two cents from 31 cents to 33 cents. Why is the stock up nearly ten percent? These are again. This is a good quarter. It it seems to be better than expected, but it doesn't
1: strike me as blowout numbers. Uh you know what? The, I think they were. I think they were blowout numbers. Chris. Okay, because when you when you put them against the retail backdrop of of this holiday season, right, where everyone has been disappointing. Yeah, the fact that William Sonoma beat their expectations and and they did. Sam they do sandbag on guidance to be to be honest, but the fact that they beat their expectations, beat the market expectations means that they um, did a great job of merchandising and picked up market share. And uh, you know, they were rolling over a tough comp because you gotta remember last year was a 53 week year and this year was a 52 week year on the retail calendar. So that's that's about, a, they called it a $70 million adjustment which is why maybe the when you look at the numbers they don't jump off the page. But against the industry backdrop, awesome quarter. I can say that um, my wife particularly contributed <laughs> to the overage at West Elm. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> That's right. They have West Elm. They have Pottery Barn. Yep. Yeah, Pot- Pottery Barn had a great quarter. West Elm had a great quarter. Uh, Williams-Sonoma, which had been putting up negative comps, looks like it's turning around. So uh, the company looks like it's firing on all cylinders right now. The only thing to be looking at was that inventory is uh, rising faster than sales. So they're getting you know more in stock, which is going to lead to higher sales, but it takes investment and working capital. Uh, but their balance sheet should be able to handle that, and it doesn't look like they're having any – Markdown pressures at all. They said that the to the extent the inventory is higher than it has been in the past, it was all best-selling items. Which you know, if, if they're selling well, get get the inventory.
0: It seems like William Sonoma does a great job of selling through multiple channels. They yes, they have their stores, but they really seem to focus on not just the store. And I don't know why, frankly, more retailers aren't taking a page out of their playbook, but the catalog sales, the e-commerce platform, they really seem to execute well on all three of those.
1: Yeah, I think they are probably best in class at um, online sales. And, you know, part of that is they started early out of necessity, right? Because furniture is not something that you can really profitably stick in inventory at stores around the country, right? You're going to end up with a lot of furniture sitting around soaking up working capital. Um, So they've they've got a, a, a... Outstanding catalog business, which they've leveraged into their internet business. They are excellent at um, retaining and you know sifting through customer data to give out targeted promotions. Um, you know they call it omni-channel direct to consumer, which is mostly online sales. Is basically up to fifty percent of revenue now, which puts them way above you know most of their peers. Um, they talked on the call yesterday about partnerships they have with Etsy and with Pinterest and how they were early to those because. It, it, that's just a way that the way they think about marketing, and I think that's really smart. And and by having that large amount of direct to consumer revenue, um, and being good at online marketing, and having a lot of um, products that are unique to them, you know, they've I think built a, a nice moat or a defense around their business relative to would be competitors like Amazon. You know, it's not. I don't think William Sonoma is a company, Amazon would look at and go, oh, we can we can pick them off very easily. I think Amazon could probably keep busy doing other things for a while.
2: Yeah, they're a good example of. Just because you're a retailer doesn't mean amazon's gonna eat your lunch I mean right. you can you can be successful online you can't just be like, well, we're bricks and mortar, so we're we're going to lose to Amazon <laughs> No, you can have a good e commerce platform just doing it and making the investment to get there so yeah,
0: the stock's hitting an all time high as a result of this quarter is it a fairly
1: valued stock is yeah it- I mean it's probably fairishly valued. I think it's, I mean, if, you know, the, the thesis here would rest on the fact that you think they're good at online retailing, which is going to lead to margin improvement over time because obviously you don't need to have a store right. and the costs associated with that. Um, and also, if you believe in the the, the housing rebound, um, they're really well positioned because, you know, West Elm in particular caters to people who are sort of between the ages of, call it 30 and 40 young professionals. Um, you know, household formation has been weak um, recently, people haven't been getting married and having kids. If you expect that trend to sort of pick up a little bit as the economy improves, West Elm ostensibly stands to be- continue to benefit as they have already. Um, this year, you know, I, I like the company. It's a good balance sheet. I think it's only at like 10 times EBITDA, so it's not crazy. And they're, you know, kicking the snot out of people like Tier One. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> if nothing else, it's nice to see that um, not every retailer is the same. Because you're right, it has been, it's just been brutal the last six months for most retail yeah. companies out there
1: yeah it shows if you you know if you merchandise well know your customer you can succeed
0: fourth quarter profit for crispy cream donuts more than tripled uh same store sales are up about one and a half percent um look like a good quarter david i'm curious though about the stock because after hours they reported yesterday after hours the stock was up nearly 10 percent now mm-hmm. it's basically flat I, I you know and i, I I'm wondering if people just sort of got caught up in the profit more than tripling and then came to their sense and says, oh, wait, it's a it's a donut shop, albeit a delicious donut shop, but it's a donut shop.
2: <laughs> it would seem that way. I mean, I was looking through the numbers. Nothing jumped out to me as overly impressive either. When I read that, it was up 11% after hours. I I couldn't believe it. Um, it was a fine quarter. It's a fine year. The companies, they, they always point to their last five years and how great it's been, but that, that's kind of a a nice time to point to since since 2009. It's been an easier road for Krispy Kreme there. Um, looking further down the line at the stock, I don't know if it's one that that gets me excited. Going through the company's plan to to drive profitability, one of the things that they point uh, to for what's going to drive same store sales, one of their main points was ongoing donut innovation. I mean,
1: <laughs> that's really? one of their plans:
2: ongoing donut innovation. I'm the in same fa- donut in, for 80 years. I'm in favor of that. <laughs> I guess. I mean, it just makes me scratch my head a little bit about, is that really going to drive same-store sales going forward? And they have a huge expansion plan. They want to get to 1,300 stores over the next four years. What what are they at right now? They're at, what was it? A lot less than that. I don't have it written down. (laughs) Uh, But 900 of those would be international. And you're taking a brand and a trend in this type of food that, who knows where this goes? I, I, I don't know. And you're expanding that rapidly without kind of a great plan in place, in my opinion. Plus, you have a company here that basically has no insider ownership. Uh, management's compensated kind of just on growing revenue and EBITDA. I mean, it doesn't doesn't get me excited here. Yeah, I was going to say that's a little bit of a red flag. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't know. Do, the, person who, the donuts are
0: good. That's all I can say. The think. donuts are good. But the person who came up with the phrase ongoing donut innovation, did, right. they,
1: did they get a bonus for that or – I'm intrigued. I want to know where the donut's going. Um, Donut rocket ships, perhaps. Uh, <laughs>
0: Donut drone do you, delivery. Do you, I was going to say, that's what you think the innovation is. It's not in different flavors. It's in delivery. It's I, you in know, shakes. I don't know. I don't know. You, you know what? I'm going to look into it. Let's, let's let's just sit back and be prepared for uh Does This for seems
1: like it calls for a channel check. <laughs> a Krispy
0: Kreme down the street from
1: us. There is one down the street. There's one down. It's on uh, Route 1,
0: yeah. Yeah, Richmond Highway.
1: Mm-hmm. Never gone. You've never you you gone? gone? I've been there. I yeah, I've been there. My kids like donuts. Oh yeah.
0: Who doesn't like donuts?
1: It's got to be somebody. Oh. I hope they email it. There's always a <laughs> hater out there. Um Amazon
0: finally made official what had long been rumored and that is Amazon is raising the price of its Prime membership from $79 to $99. Are you are you a Prime member? Uh, no. Are you okay. okay? I'm a Prime member, and I got the email this morning. I I'd, I'd seen it on Twitter, but then I got the email from them. And two things struck me about the email. Twitter beat your email. Twitter beat my email. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't Twitter <laughs> off in terms of speed? Doesn't Twitter I, beat most? It's remarkable. Names? Yeah. Um, two things struck me about the email. The first is that it was very direct. It was just you know we're writing to provide you advance notice that the price of your Prime membership will be increasing. Uh, The annual rate will be $99 when your membership renews. Um, And then there was just another paragraph that basically said, hey, look, we've been doing this for nine years. We've never raised the price. Now we offer all this more stuff as a result of that. But the other thing that struck me was it was signed, sincerely, the Amazon Prime team. And I couldn't help but think back to – You think they've gone rogue?
1: No, no. and that email out without consulting the rest of the
0: company? (laughs) I don't think – that." No, but wouldn't that be great? That would be <laughs> That would be great. <laughs> Although having just read the book, The Everything Store, I'm pretty sure if that was the case, those people are now – Might be a bad idea. Those people yeah. are now fired. <laughs> um, but Bezos is often the person who is out front. It is his signature on these types of emails when they are unveiling something like a new device, certainly the Kindle, the Kindle Fire tablet. The other thing that struck me was the the tone was just very straightforward. It was not defensive. It was not apologetic. It was just sort of here. This is what we're doing. Um, The stock is up a couple of percent today. I I feel like they've pulled this off well. You know, in the way that and I remember uh, Tim, you were in the room a a year or so ago when um, when Costco raised their membership, Mm -hmm. and you're a Costco member, Mm -hmm. and you were just like, this is nothing. This is now in that case it was going from I think fifty dollars to fifty five dollars, but your point was like, look on on one, diapers and beer. What's that?
1: You'll, you'll save that money on diapers and beer. Yeah, yeah. And you just said no, uh,
0: on one trip to Costco. I'm 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 saving that money. Um, it it really seems like they've done this well. It, it, is there any way this backfires? Do you think?
2: If it would have backfired, I think it would have already happened, right? I mean. The tone was good. It makes sense for him not to – I think they're trying to make it not a big deal. If it would have been Bezos' signature on it, it would have yeah. come across as a bigger deal. And I mean, what else tone would they have taken to be like, listen, we need to talk? <laughs> Maybe they would have started it with that. We Sit down. We need to talk. We're raising prices here at Jeff Bezos. So I think they just said, hey, like you said, nine years, more products. It makes sense.
0: Uh, is it reasonable – you're grimacing. No, it? no. It's just freezing cold in here. Oh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Should we explain why it's freezing cold in here? Please, I don't know. Uh, so after after we're done taping Market Foolery today, there's going to be a video chat. The uh, Tom Garner and the Motley Fool One team are coming in here to do a- And parkas. An, <laughs> an hour long <laughs> video chat, and uh, and they that, have to sit in this for an hour. Well, but th- see <laughs> the difference is they're going to sit in here, and all the lights are going to be up. Uh, like all the lights, we're, we're sitting in the pitch dark. We're we're not in the pitch dark. We're in just sort of the basic lighting, but we're not going to be you know and. I'm sure we're boring people right now. <laughs> <laughs> you said that like we weren't boring them before. Fair, fair point. Um, so earlier in the week, we uh, talked about McDonald's and their latest monthly sales and how one of the executives had recently mentioned that they were testing a build-your-own-burger concept, and they were doing this uh, in the town of Laguna Niguel, uh, which is in Southern California. I believe it's
1: Laguna Niguel. Niguel? Niguel.
0: Okay. Good thing you're here. <laughs>
1: um,
0: Laguna Niguel, uh, a town of about 60,000 people. And uh, and uh, I said, you know, uh, you know, on the off chance that one of our dozens of listeners uh, is in the area, hey, stop. And sure enough, within 24 hours, we got an email from Simba Sabau, who identifies as listener number 47, and sent a six-page email um, Hello, gents. I was pretty excited to You're hear not you. going to read the whole thing? I'm not going to read okay. the whole thing. No. <laughs> the, the one page is text and then six pages of photos. Oh, photos. Which I'll share with you guys. These now. are going to play great on the radio. They're going to play great on the radio. Um, I was excited to hear you talk about the new Build Your Burger concept at uh, McDonald's in my neighboring city until I realized I couldn't remember the last time I ate McDonald's food. However, I decided to go check it out for you folks, and here's what I noticed. And I, I guess the 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 pros of this research are hey there there appears to be an updated concept in the layout of the location the look and feel of this mcdonald's is uh slightly more upscale uh, there are ipads on the wall where you can build your own burger you just with a touch screen you you create your own um
1: but then uh, you know ultimately are they ipads or are they uh are they samsung tablets cuz that's going to matter to some people out there uh, <laughs> Well, they're identified in the email as
0: iPads. As iPad, so yeah. McDonald's uh, not
1: skimping on com. <laughs> not skimping
0: on. Calls. Um, but uh, here's how it concludes. All in all, I was quite impressed with the improved look and service in the location. But to be honest, the look and feel has never been the reason I go to McDonald's. It's always been about the convenience and price. And for ten bucks, I'd rather go to Chipotle or In and Out Burger. Um, uh, more importantly, how did the custom burger taste? Like McDonald's? It's ten bucks uh yeah uh, well nine eighty five
1: yeah that's insane <laughs> that is insane well i'd rather go to chipotle too
0: so let me ask you the question that i that, that we had kicked around the other day, which is can this work in a limited form i i i'd be stunned if Mcdonald's decided to make over every location. just the expense alone would be enormous i so i can't imagine that they're going to roll this concept out they uh, The executive at McDonald's had indicated they were going to test it in more. Southern California um, cities, so I get that they're going to test it more, but this strikes me as the sort of thing that could maybe work almost as a spinoff concept but not but uh, almost not
1: under the Mcdonald's brand but are they are know.
2: they branding it as mcdonald's
0: it's now? brand
1: yeah,
2: it's branded
0: as
1: McDonald's right now you know what's funny about this. Is that they should have done it like five years ago when the burger craze was just picking up steam instead of right now where it seems like it's about to blow up in their face? Yeah. Like Red Robins had an unbelievable run, right? There's now a gourmet burger shop, I don't know, every four blocks it seems like in D.C.
0: The Five Guys expansion. The five Guys expansion,
1: it's in and out expansion. This seems like too little, too late for them.
2: There's no differentiation between any of this and any of those things either. I mean, maybe it's. It doesn't even sound cheaper though. If it was a really low cost point or expense point Then maybe but I don't know I'm not going I'm not flying out to California to go you know what though you
0: might you know if you end up there on business you,
1: you
2: travel to him for
0: research
1: yeah I'd rather go to an out burger <laughs> if I'm in California uh, Simba thank you so double much. double you those so are
0: good what's a double I see I've never been to an out it's,
1: it's like their flagship it's like two patties double double and then you get it like I forget the terminology I have been out there in a while like Mongo style which is comes with like all this stuff on top it's really good <sighs>
2: This has just been a very educational show.
0: <laughs> As we say from time to time, it's a free podcast. Yeah, exactly. It's a free podcast. <laughs> you know what else is a free podcast? Where the Money Is, the show that David Hansen and Matt Koppenheffer host every day. You can check that out for free. Um, I say that like Matt Copenheffer was even in the country. Where is he right now? Costa Rica. He's on vacation of some sort. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I hope you get some time off when he comes back and just put him through his paces. Uh, And check out Declarations, uh, the free monthly newsletter at foolfunds.com that Tim Hansen uh, and his team work on. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks.
1: Thank you for the frostbite.
0: Go Seawolves. (laughs) Seawolves. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Ann Henry. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.